Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we have a Millennial Music Chat with Beyond the Sun. And I ask Shauna a question Which car should I pay off first?
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Gaines. It will expand your brain. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. So we've picked up a lot of new listeners in the last couple of weeks, and I just want to say hi and welcome to everyone. I am so glad to have you. No matter how you found out about this podcast, we are excited to have you as a listener. And we do things a little bit differently here on Millennial Money. We don't just talk about money because that's pretty boring, right? There's a lot more to money than just money. And what we like to also bring you is inspiring stories, other millennials that are doing cool things, people who can inspire you to think past whatever the dollar amount is in your bank account and reach for whatever goal, whatever dream, whatever idea of life you want to have to not be limited by your paycheck, not be limited by your past, not be limited by your mistakes, but really inspire you to dream again. Because I think a lot of us even if you're just fresh out of college, we kind of lose our way. You know, life gets complicated, things get thrown at us, and it can be difficult. I have certainly found myself in that place many times in my life where I'm forgetting to just live life. I'm forgetting to dream. I'm forgetting to inspire myself to go after all these crazy ideas that I have in my head. So today's podcast is a lot like that. We're bringing you a millennial music chat with a band called Beyond the Sun. And, you know, I think this is a cool way to not only introduce you to new bands, new artists, new musicians that are out there, but also to hear a story of people who are going after their own dreams, hopefully to inspire you. But before we get into that, we're going to have another Ask Shauna question. And this one comes from Amber. And I've gotten a variation of this question from a bunch of you listening. So uh, hopefully this will answer the question for a lot of you have asked a very similar question. But Amber says, first off, Shauna, I love your podcast. I recently discovered Millennial Money and can't stop listening. Over the past two years, my husband and I both had to purchase vehicles based on necessity so it was a bit sooner and closer together than expected. My vehicle is halfway paid off with a 3% interest rate, and my husband's loan payment is just getting started with a 5% interest rate. Do you have any advice on which to pay off sooner? Thanks. Great question, Amber. And, you know, I find a lot of times when we're trying to figure out, you know, what car to pay off first or what credit card to pay off first or what student loan to pay off first, we can really almost get lost in just the confusion of it. You know, it's it's almost like if you if you think about it too long, you're going to overthink the possibilities, you know, and a lot of times what happens is then, especially with credit cards, I find you kind of find your place yourself in the place then where it's like, well, I'm just not going to pay off any of them sooner or faster or quicker because I'm just so confused which to attack first. But when it comes to cars, it's a little bit different because 
whether you know this or not, it's a, it's a little secret. So if you don't know it, I'm going to let you in on the secret. If you buy a new car, the minute you drive that car off the parking lot of the car dealership, it loses value. <laughs> and I'm talking like a significant amount of money. So like if you turn the car around and drove back in the driveway and tried to sell it back to them, you wouldn't get the same price as you just paid when you drove it off. So cars are really kind of interesting beasts. And when we're thinking about paying off a car and kind of the grand scheme of things, there's a couple of ways to look at this and not necessarily a best way because I don't know all the details. So I don't know, you know, what your payments are. Um, I don't know, you know, how much you owe. So there's a lot of parameters here. I don't know. But I would start with, you know, the first question really is, where are you on the savings meter? You know, where are you on your emergency fund and any other savings that you have for your goals? Before you start thinking about rapidly paying off that debt, is if you ramp up the payment on one of those cars, you know, the question is, will it affect your current savings rate, including retirement contributions or any other savings that you're, you're, you're currently saving for each month, right? So will paying off one of these cars faster affect that? So that's the first place I would start. And then, you know, it's best to focus on paying one of these loans off rather than breaking up any excess money you might have in your budget and kind of throwing it at both. And not that you're asking that question, Amber, but a lot of times, you know, that's what happens is we say, okay, we have $100 extra per month and we've got two car loans and we've got two credit cards. So let's just break it up and let's just throw, you know, 25 bucks on each of them. The problem is, is that you're not actually getting anywhere, you know, because that's not a clear debt payoff strategy. It's better to pick one of those particular loans that you might have and devote all the excess to that one loan until that's paid off. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Um, so since your car is halfway paid off, you could devote any excess that you have in your budget to supercharging that payment. And then once that's paid off, divert that entire payment to your husband's car so you could pay that off as soon as humanly possible. Another way to look at it is, you know, your husband's interest rate is higher, fact, right? So you could devote any excess in your budget towards his car payment and continue to pay yours as is. I mean, a 3% interest rate is still pretty low in the land of interest rates, right? We're we're getting pretty close to 0% and, you know, 0% is... Um, is pretty good, right? So 3% is way closer to 0% than 5%. So if we're looking at it that way, you know, maybe we might want to look at the car that has the higher interest rate and see what happens if we throw any excess money on that one. How fast can we get that paid off? And what we're looking at is not just how fast we can pay that off. What we're looking at is how much interest do we save? How much money in interest payments over that life of the loan do we end up saving by paying that car off first? Does that make sense? Because if if we calculate it out, and there are a ton of different online calculators, so I'll put a link in the show notes, but you know that's really where you're going to start. And then you're going to want to just examine the two options, right? So which is going to save us most money, which makes most sense in the long run. But it really comes down to the priorities and where you're currently at with your finances. So some questions to ponder, you know, once the cars are paid off, are you going to need to get new cars? Can these cars last for a while? Can you deduct any of these cars as a business expense? So not knowing all those variables, 
you know, it's a little hard to give definitive direction. And even if I did know those, those options, um, or answers to those questions, rather, um, you're still going to be left with some options, you know, it, it really comes down to what are your goals? What are your current savings? What's the available excess amount that you have in your bank account each month that you can devote to paying off? And then go to the calculator and just do, you can do a very simple calculation in these payoff calculators and you can see like, okay, if we put the excess money on your car and we paid your car off sooner, what is the amount of of interest that we're saving versus if we just paid your car payment, but we put the excess on your husband's? What does that look like? And and the numbers are going to tell you the story. The numbers are going to tell you which way is going to make most sense for you. So hopefully that answers your question. That is a great question. It sounds like a simple question, but a lot of people have a question very similar to that. You know, it's just trying to figure out where do I start? Where do I put any excess money? What is the smartest way to pay off this debt? And if you have a question, if you're listening to the podcast and maybe you're afraid to ask the question, I'm going to encourage you to send me the question. There are no silly questions at all. Um, since we started doing the Ask Shauna segment, I must have 40, 50, 60 questions. I haven't counted them, but it's an awful lot of questions and I'm working my way through them. So if I haven't got to your question yet or I haven't emailed you back personally, I promise I'll get to those very, 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 very soon. So today we're going to go into a little bit of a country music talk and uh, or just music in general, I should say that, you know, these days they say that, uh, you know, people that that love traditional country music, people that love traditional rock music uh, say it's dead and that there's not a lot of really great music out these days. And I beg to differ, even though I may not always uh it's not maybe my go-to but i definitely appreciate the effort in a lot of bands and i you know we live in a social media world that you know it's a world that's driven by social media and we all can get caught up in everyone whatever one else is doing uh you know we look at other people's feed and go oh you know i wish my life was like that we compare our lives to you know other people's uh, lives as as well as our friends we look, look at our actual friends that maybe we are you know friends on a daily basis not just uh, facebook friends or instagram friends but you know actual friends and go hey maybe i would like your life uh, or i like what you're doing or whatever the case is you know and so standing out in the workplace these days i think can be even more daunting now the millennial generation if you didn't already know this uh it's the most educated generation uh to date uh you know and so standing out, being who you are, and staying in your own lane is, you know, can seemingly be daunting, as I said before. You know, so, and the world of country music, if we're, you know, we're talking about country music, uh, for years has been the behemoth of a machine. You know, they at times they produce these cookie cutter cutout, cutouts and lookalikes and soundalikes. And, you know, they don't always seem to stand out from one another. And for, for me, who is not a... a a deep country fan. It's it's hard to kind of look at on the surface and go, okay, I don't see the difference um, between that person, and this person, uh, you know. And then today I could kind of see that too. But I, but what I'm seeing is a lot of big trends. And today's country music has really been transformed. And 
The influence of hip-hop, rap, uh, pop, and even EDM, we've totally covered this and had lots of great guests uh, on, on, on this podcast uh, talking about that, but it's really become... All those genres, hip-hop, rap, pop, and even EDM, have really become the new mainstream, uh, mainstream of popular music around the globe. And and now a young Canadian band, who are our guests this week, of their actual brothers. Uh, they're a band of brothers, but they're actual brothers. Beyond the Sun um, is their name. And uh, they're breaking down even more barriers with their brand of what they've come up with called Shuffle Mode Style of Country Music. Uh, shuffle mode. You know, we all we all do that with our Pandora and our Spotify and our iPods and whatever we we, we, we get our music. We all have this sort of shuffle mode that we want to hear a bunch of different music. Well, that's what this band is doing. I mean, they're um, they're bringing their brand of music to a new generation of fans, and they're really taking notice. And they've actually now become one of the most innovative bands in Nashville, in my opinion. Uh, Beyond the Sun, the band. Phil, uh, brother Phil on guitar, Colin on vocals, and Dalton on drum. They all hail from Ontario, Canada. Uh, they ingested a wide variety of music growing up, from Coldplay to Florida Georgia Line, uh, to My Chemical Romance, to Ed Sheeran, to, uh, to even, uh, the king himself, in my opinion, Bruce Springsteen. Um, now these boys actually call uh, Nashville home these days, which was a really smart move for them a few years ago. It's really helped them develop more as songwriters and creators of, of their own music. Because once they got to Nashville, they actually started playing, you know, doing the same old cookie cutter thing that people thought they should be doing. But they said, you know, what? no, we're going to do our thing, our own thing, uh, which I really admire. I think that's really cool. Um you know, so when I look at country music, you know, I'm more of an old school country music. Uh, you know, what I kind of grew up with from a, from my dad actually was the country music person and like Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, you know, Johnny Cash, you know, all the old schools kind of like that is what I really consider and like in country music. But, you know, I mean, heck, even these days, 90s country music that, you know, you guys grew up with from Garth Brooks to Alan Jackson and even Reuben McIntyre, they're all considered old school, you know, these days. Um, but that their sound is far different from what you're seeing a lot of bands these days come out of Nashville. And even, um, you know, Nashville, what I think, too, is not even country music, uh, the capital. I mean, so many people are living wherever they want to live these days and go, you know what? I'm going to do my own music here. They probably record in Nashville and they have their own agents and all that kind of stuff like that. So Nashville's still obviously the mecca of where country music is. It's the country music hall of fame is there and everything else. But I, but what I'm seeing is all kinds of different sounds are coming out of, of Nashville and other parts too of, of the country. And, uh, today, you know, some of my favorite people that I've, I've mentioned, some of these people on the show, you know, Chris Stapleton. I mean, he's really awesome. Uh, Margo Price, Sturgill Simpson. If you have not listened to him, you absolutely need to. Uh, I, I highly encourage Mar Margo Price as well. You know, they really give a fresh approach to the singer songwriter sort of old school, uh, country music. And I don't even almost consider them country music. I, I think they're just really great singer songwriters who have a country flair, if you will. Um, the other side of today's country music, it they're breaking all the rules and drawing fans that love listening to EDM music. So fans that are not even country music fans, you know, EDM uh, fans, rap fans, pop fans, and more are coming and listening to country music because there's so many collaborations. The collaboration collaborations are endless. You know, they're they're pushing boundaries in, you know, 
what someone like, say, myself or, or anybody else would think of what country music is, uh, you know. So you look at it and go, oh, okay, yeah, such and such is c- collaborating with such and such. And, hey, I like that song. Well, that's, uh, uh, you know, which is what I think is a really great thing. And that's what a, a band like Beyond the Sun are they're thinking outside the box of what, you know, country music uh, really is and what country music is going to be in the future. And they're carving their own path, which ultimately is what every musician should kind of do. So we caught up with uh, this really great young band, Beyond the Sun, in Nashville. And we chatted about their new song, uh, Dance Floor, which is out right now. They're, it's on iTunes. It's on their website. We'll have the links to all this. Um, you know, they talked about their, their really, they're going to be releasing more music later on in 2018, which is really great. It's going to be a bigger, fuller album. Uh, they're also talk about their version of country music, which is the, the shuffle style, shuffle mode style of, of country music. Um, you know, and they, they also see where their place is in today's country music as well. And then we also had a re- really great conversation about, uh, Bruce Springsteen himself. Sean and I just saw him on Broadway, uh, a, a lot, t- two months ago and, uh, they were really jealous <laughs> about that. Um, but they, they're a band who's a lot younger and discovered his music through a movie that had a bunch of uh, Bruce Springsteen songs and then just kind of went back there and said, Hey, this is some serious songwriting and we need to kind of pay attention to this. And, you know, they basically consider him the, the, the goat to the greatest, uh, of all time, uh, singer songwriters, which I do too as well. So enjoy our conversation uh, with this hot Nashville band via Canada, uh, beyond the sun. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy, workout-friendly outfit. 
I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. From Foreign Policy, I'm Rena Nainen, the host of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change, to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. That's season six of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. Awesome. Well, guys, well, thanks for joining us uh, on the show today. We totally appreciate it. Uh, how's, it uh, how's it going today? Going good, man. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, B- Beyond the Sun is, is made up of, of you three brothers uh, from, from Canada, and now you guys live in Nashville. How is le- living in Nashville today, uh, and you're surrounded by so much diverse music, how has that really kind of changed you guys as a band? I don't know if it ever, like, if it's changed us. Mm. All, all I would think is it's, it's like osmosis. You just 
just by like being here, being in the water, being around creative people, your energy towards your own music just kind of gets amplified. So everything we were doing back in Canada, we're just doing on a, on a bigger level, if that makes sense. Like we've been able to have a friend of mine that I went to college with play on some of our songs and just having that, that outside perspective, because when it's the three of us locked in away in a room, like you can, you can kind of like the three of us, we see the band's songs and, and we're pretty much right in the same line, you know, 95% of the time of, of where we think a song should go. So we getting know what the other guy's thinking, like before he says it, we know what he's thinking. So it's cool to have that other like perspective of someone else looking at it from a different angle. It's been one of the cool things about moving here. Yeah. Well, you just have that so much access to, to different musicians as well too, right? Yeah. yeah, and when we first got here, we got to do uh, some co-writes, which, which, yeah, we did a duet. Like it, it expanded kind of what we were able to do in in Canada. Right, right. And you guys, you guys are out uh, from outside of Toronto. Yeah, about forty-five minutes east of the city. How is how is the music scene? How is the music scene in Toronto these days? Ah, uh, these days, it's yeah, like, these days, blowing up because of like Drake and The Weeknd mm-hmm. and Shawn Mendes, kind of. Sure. And country music's also big in Canada, so it's like, yeah, you got Beaver, Shawn Mendes, and Drake in the weekend, and then you got all the country acts. So I'd say it's bigger than ever, actually, uh, especially in Toronto. Right. Has country music become more popular in the last several years in Canada, or is that uh, you know, is that a newer thing, or yeah, that, has that always been the way the case? Uh, probably in the last like five, probably in the last five six years. Um, like right near us, there's this big country festival called Boots and Hearts, and that's mm-hmm. like the biggest festival in Ontario for country music. And I'd say, uh, like, yeah, five, five, six years, that's when a lot of acts started coming out. Right. Well, now take us back to the beginning, you guys. You guys would be doing, you know, concerts in in your living room for your, for your parents and stuff like that. Did you guys really think that you'd actually become a band and you know, be recording music, playing live shows, and to actual real audience as opposed to just in your living room? We had hoped, <laughs> uh, but it was kind of not until I guess like how old were we when we did that talent show? Uh, like I was like six and Phil was nine when yeah. we, we did, did like our first performance for people. Hmm. Uh, that was kind of our first taste of playing in front of an audience. And since that point, Colin was uh, six or seven. So it's like once he could join, he did it with us. And then it's like from that point on, it was kind of that's all we wanted to do. And we, were, and we weren't good at anything else yeah. too. So. <laughs> we can't we can't play sports. We're not athletic at all. So. They were not smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, how did you guys actually all get in? Like all three of you guys, how did you guys all get into music? Do you guys have a musical family, or is it just sort of you know kind of just all got into it? Yeah, it, it skipped a few generations. So our our dad's grandfather, so our great grandfather, we never we never met him. He passed mm-hmm. when our dad was uh, a teenager, but he was a, a drummer and he played in like the big bands. And he played in with Duke Ellington and Lionel Hampton and Count Basie. Um, so he was like a big deal in Canada and, and in Toronto. And um, then his kids, he has one son that kind of plays guitar, but just kind of more as a hobby. Uh, but so his daughter, which is my grandmother, nothing. Our dad, a lover of music, but never could play. And then then it kind of landed in all three of us. Dalton, uh, our middle our middle brother, our drummer, uh, pretty much is like a reincarnation of him. He's he's got like the same height. He took the drums about the same time, and hopefully he doesn't get hopefully he doesn't get the arthritis. But everything else he got. Uh, well, I, re- I actually read a, that you guys a few years ago decided to stop touring and 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 just kind of wanted just to create music and stuff. And 
And I, I think that's something that we all could kind of relate to in, in any of our careers and, um, you know, kind of getting stuck on, on things. How did you guys go, how did going through that, something like that, change you guys as, as a band and, and your creative process? Not to be overly dramatic, but I, it like saved us. It saved my life, anyways. Um, like we we had taken a year off. We had worked a bunch of like odd jobs, and it was it was at that that fork in the road where you know if you go if you, yeah if you go one way you know all of a sudden music's just like a hobby and you're no longer mm-hmm. this isn't your job anymore. It's just something you do on the weekend or with your buddies out by a campfire, or you fully commit. You jump in with both feet, and you know we had we had gone through this really dry time we wrote one song all year like it was just running your head against a a brick wall over and over again for for a multitude of reasons and when we we had our meeting out in our our parents garage and and kind of looked at each other and really laid it all out of you know are are we still a band is this what we're doing this is what we've been doing for the last 13 years are we really stopping to be like landscapers and telemarketers Mm. and all this kind of stuff or are we gonna actually you know pull up our pants and get to work and uh, we locked ourselves away in Dalt's room because the studio was under renovation. We couldn't even record in our our studio, so we we put ourselves in a really small room, and it was like it was like relearning your instrument for the first time. Like there was an an excitement about working again, and like actually getting in the the dirt of it. I mean, we were working from sun up to sundown, and through the night, like we'd be we'd be working at four a.m. Our dad would be getting up to go to work, and we'd still be work recording. And we look like the walking dead. Like we don't even know what we're putting in the songs at this point, but we're, we were just on such a high and rolling that that led to me making trips back down to Nashville where all my friends from college had moved. And then the boys coming down and doing trips. And all of a sudden we were spending more time in the car than we were in Nashville. We did it's 13 hours to home. So we did 26 hours in the car and 24 hours in the city just to record a duet. And that was the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back of like, okay, we should, we should move here and really start placing our roots. And once we did that, there's been no looking back. Right. Well, do you, do you guys seem to have a, a shorthand, if you will, of, of communicating with you guys when you get uh, with each other, when you guys, you know, create music? Yeah. I, it, <laughs> there's a shorthand, there's swear words, there's a backhand, <laughs> uh, there's uh it, it depends on it depends on kind of the the way a song starts. Like like right now we're working on three different songs, and we do these these writing challenges. Uh, it's just like a, a exercise where each guy takes a guitar. You set your phone timer to fifteen minutes. We all go to separate rooms. Fifteen minutes are up. You come back out and you play what you got, and then mm-hmm. best idea wins. And usually we can get more than one idea out of that. Mm-hmm. And so we did that, and we had two ideas. But sometimes those can be a little slow moving. It's a little, you know, that's like the real kind of work is not like one of those, oh, this song was done in 15 minutes, you know, because you, you know, you get a, you get a chorus and then you got to flush out verses. You got to kind of figure out where you're coming from. And it was, you can be brutally honest too. And because we're brothers and we've been doing this so long, you know, you know, at the same time, if something doesn't work, you just say it and, you know, you got your best, you know, each other's best interests at heart. So, and once like you get those juices flowing, like, we were working on these two songs and out of nowhere a third one came and that one just flew right out of us in literally 15 minutes that that's now like the, the first song that, that we're really working on and, and trying to finish. And it's, it's weird how that can happen. How you can have, you know, no inspiration to all inspiration to, you know, the ebbs and flows. 
Right, right. So sometimes it's good to that you know so much about each other, but sometimes it's bad that you, you maybe know so much about each other how you're going to react and stuff. Yeah, and it also helps that all three of us write. That it's not just mm-hmm. on one of us to to be the guy driving, you know, the the band. Like on the production side, once Colin and I basically record our stuff, it's all on Dalt. But to get to that, all three of us are able to write. All three of us are able to to get to that point to then hand it off to Dalt and say, "Okay, take it from here." Right. Well, and you guys mentioned before about about you know uh, country music and stuff. But you guys are growing up in Canada. But uh, you get you guys were influenced by so much more than just country music, especially you know the, the time period where you guys kind of grew up with. You know, you I read that you guys were into Coldplay, Bruce Springsteen, Georgia, uh, Florida Georgia Line, to Ed Sheeran. How did artists like those guys kind of shape who you guys are as a band now? I think it's kind of like subliminal. Like there's we all joke that like, even though we are three brothers and, and we do, I mean, we've lived together our whole lives. We have a lot of similarities. There is, there is kind of a different lane for each guy. And so me growing up, like me being born first, I grew up a little more on the rock side, mm. you know, Van Halen and Def Leppard and, and kind of that old school rock guns and roses. Colin was really into like when, when he was, you know, coming up, it was like John Mayer and Gavin DeGraw and these kind of singer songwriters. And then that morphed into Colin really becoming the, the first big like country fan. And then Dalton's kind of always had our, our alternative side, our follow boy to My Chemical Romance to the 1975 to Laney to, to so on. So it's kind of like we all have our lanes. And, and when you do, when you do kind of pull from, you know, a cold play to a Florida Georgia line to a My Chemical Romance to a Van Halen, mm. you know, it's like a kind of a, a melting pot. And that, that's kind of where the, the sound comes from. And you can hear certain songs like we'll we'll do a song we have a song called the springs which is kind of right in our middle lane of what we consider beyond the sun and you can tell that ed sheeran and, and coldplay are influence of ours and then you can hear a song like we're working on right now called the, the fire and me and it's like this kind of bluesy rock little darker kind of side of ours and then we've got a, a power ballad called wash me away and it, it sounds like you know the fray and sam smith and and all that so you can kind of, you know, we, we love music so much that you can kind of hear, you know, through all of our songs, a, a multitude of artists that influence us. Right. How did, uh, how did Springsteen sort of sneak in there? Springsteen was one of these ones that, like, when I went to, when I went to Berkeley, um, mm. Berkeley College of Music in Boston, mm-hmm. my writing partner uh, that I met in one of my classes, this guy, Holden Lawrence, he was a huge Springsteen fan. And I was mm. always like, I don't, I don't really get like, mm-hmm. I don't really get it. I don't really get him. I know Born to Run and I know some of these songs. And he was like, dude, like, just, just listen to it. Just, and he like gave me uh, a few, few songs, you know, Dance in the Dark and a few ones to listen to. And then, and then, yeah, the movie Place Beyond the Pines came out. And that, we were big fans mm-hmm. of the movie and mm-hmm. that, like, soundtrack and that, it just immediately put us in the, the world of Bruce. And then, John Mayer had done a cover of mm. I'm on fire mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, the fray had done a streets of Philadelphia. Mm, yeah, cover. Right. So we were becoming fan of his covers, like people that did covers of right. his own stuff. And we'd go back and check the original and it's like, Oh damn, this is actually and then, good. Yeah. And then when you study him and everything, it's like, damn. And we went to Boston, um, or Foxborough to see him at Gillette stadium, uh, in 2015 mm-hmm. on his last tour. And right. It's like, yeah, I was playing for four hours straight. Right, like, right. He is, like, he is the go. Once you, yeah, once you, like, kind of sit down and get him, 
I mean, there. I don't think anyone's done it better, and I don't know if anyone ever will. Yeah, we actually just got a chance to go see him on Broadway, and and I was absolutely blown. I've seen him many times, and I was blown away. But I think it's so cool that so many young bands like you guys have been influenced with with an artist like that. You just made three guys very jealous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, I there's something about you know the Beatles and the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. and and Springsteen that that they've been able to have like songs last the test of time. I can listen being a 25 year old, 26 year old, listen to Bruce and literally be like, "This is what I'm going through right now." And mm-hmm. that you know, to have that kind of power, that's what every songwriter strives for. I hope that you know, one day some kid listens to our songs and goes like, man, this is, this is what I am trying to say and couldn't find the words. Bruce does that over and over and over again. He's done it for his whole career that, that if you, you pick any album, it's like, okay, you know what? I mean, we were, we were on tour, we were driving through Nebraska, we just put Nebraska on (laughs) and it's like, just literally by being, and all of a sudden it's like that, you know, that album speaking to you. Right. Like he's got, just got away. Right. Well, I, I like how you guys kind of describe your, you know, brand of country music. Um, tell us a little bit about that, and how did you guys come up with the concept of, of your guys' kind of sound? Yeah, so so we call our genre shuffle, and that it started when we when we locked ourselves away in that room. We, mm-hmm. we, had, we had tried to be a certain type of band the year previous, and it got us one song all year. And so when we, when we, you know, kind of had our moment of, you know, do it or get it off the pot, we put ourselves away and we said, like, it doesn't matter what type of song, if it's country, if it's pop, if it's rock, if it's metal, it doesn't matter. If the music we like listening to, and if it comes out good, then we'll keep it. If not, we'll scrap it. Mm-hmm. And so we did 11 songs. And after about the first two or three, like, because we were, we were writing them being like, I don't know if we'll sell it or we'll keep it. And about two or three in, it was like, man, like, these are, like, these are us. These, this is like a real true form of ourselves. And, and they were fun and they were new. And it was like, let's just roll with this. So we wrote 11 and at the end of the 11, we were sitting around being like, they, they jump from country to alternative to pop. How do you, like, how do, how do we kind of put this in the box besides saying like, Oh, like, like we're a country alternative pop. Like that's just such a mouthful. And Colin was, was there and he's like, it's like listening to your iPod. Like it's like mm-hmm. listening to a Spotify playlist. It's, it's music on shuffle. He's like, what if we call our genre shuffle? And that is really where we think like music is headed that, that people don't care so much anymore. Oh, I only listen to pop music or I only listen. They just want to listen to good music and they want to listen to real music that, that they connect with and through Spotify and all these other ones that they're breaking the barriers of playlists. You've kind of jumped on that train of like, okay, well, here's the, the next level. Here's a band that can have a single on country radio and a single on pop radio sound different, but the same. And it's the same band. We don't, it's not like we put on accents and we wear cowboy hats and then we take them off and get all moody and wear, you know, black V-necks and jeans. It's like we, we keep the same themes. And, and that's the thing too, as a songwriter, you can only really write about so many things, love, hate, breakup, hardship, uh, you know, whatever. And whether you dress it up to be country pop alternative, that's just really the, the little nuances. So the themes you know, can take you on a ride. And it just so happens that they now cross through genres on top of just, you know, emotions. Right. And this is kind of the ideal time that country music is, is not pigeonholed anymore. It's completely different. And there's so many different styles these days as well. Well, you guys, you guys are pretty active on, on YouTube as well. Um, how, how has grown up in the YouTube generation, if you, if you will, 
you know, uh, help you guys uh, become a band uh, and, and, you know, kind of get your name out there? Well, YouTube was kind of a funny thing because we, we were in a band called Hineco back in 04, 05. And so this was right right before like the cusp of like the Jonas Brothers and then and then Bieber mm-hmm. and YouTube becoming really the, you know, what it is today. Mm-hmm. And so we were like these, these, these young kids and we were breaking all these records in Canada, you know, youngest band to do this and the youngest band to do that and blah, blah, blah. And, and it was three, you know, three brothers and then a different lead singer. And we, we, the band broke up and by broke up, I mean, me and the other guy went to high school and that was kind of just the end of it. <laughs> um, but, but we, you know, we went to high school and just kind of stopped and the three of us, you know, took on being our, being beyond the sun and, you know, starting our own thing. And we kind of watched for a while the mania of, you know, kids getting discovered on YouTube. And it was like, man, we were, we were just before that, you know, we were kind of like too, too, you know, too ahead of our time or whatever you want to call it. Um, it was just kind of like, oh man, bad timing. And then, you know, we, we get our stuff out on YouTube and we get the music videos and the lyric videos and, and so on. And then Spotify comes out and, and we're like, oh no, Spotify doesn't pay its artists properly, blah, blah, blah. So we, so we don't send our music to Spotify and then Spotify blows up and becomes the form for breaking artists. And it's like, man, how did we put our music on there back then when we, when we were like, we're having a, a number one pop single and, mm. Uh, all this kind of stuff like who knows what our numbers could have been to attract you know whatever and whatever and whatever it could have led to so much more so we kind of always like yeah yeah cut ourselves off before before going and then being like okay now you know now youtube's the thing or now spotify's the thing so now a little older a little wiser i mean if anyone gives us any oh you should put your music on here we just do it just in case that becomes the the form that people find people you know people are finding acts Right. And have you guys kind of learned that you kind of have to be your own boss, you know, really in your band, as opposed to letting, you know, agents and, you know, media and stuff like, you know, publicists kind of drive your career? Yeah, I think so. Like, we've always kind of kept everything we do in-house um, between the three of us. Um, like, um, not for artwork, but for like uh, promos or lyric videos mm-hmm. or whatnot. I'm kind of like our in-house graphic designer mm-hmm. as well. So it's like I'm kind of my own boss in terms of doing you know taking care of all that stuff and then with the guys like it it just kind of goes back and forth of when we think we should put out a video or when we should do this or what's the next thing we can come up with that for this video like we did a lyric video that we just put out uh, a couple days ago it was kind of like a thing that we the song came out last june and we kind of sat with it for a while because it was us driving the bus and it's like i can't think of how we're gonna do like a video for this or we just do like an official audio video, mm-hmm. but those are like boring as hell. Um, so we kind of did this uh, in December, came up with this idea to do like this kind of lyric video thing that took over. And once we agreed on it, the three of us would like, okay, now let's get to work and let's put it out. And it came out, yeah, a couple days ago. Um, but that's one of those things where it's just like us kind of leading the thing of, okay, when's this going to come out? And if we don't like it, we're not going to put it out until we like it kind of thing. Yeah, and that and that that's for it can be hard because you're the most critical of mm-hmm. yourself. Sure, but at the same time, it's like we all have to agree on it, or it's not coming out. Well, and is that for this the new single uh, dance floor? Yeah, yeah, that was dance floor lyric video. Well, tell us about that, and and is that and is that single going to be a part of a full album down the road? Yeah, so so our plan right now, uh, we, like in June last year, we put cruising around town and dance floor out, 
and cruise around town kind of got its legs right away and dance floor kind of got shadowed if you want to say and now and now we're kind of rotating it flipping it letting dance floor go and do its thing and then in may 11th we've got a new single coming out called stop which we think takes you know what we're trying to do to the next level and that one we're going to do the big like an actual music video like the you know a full-on bigger push with just one single coming out because it's a little little easier to focus on and then end of june we're going to put a kind of chill country summer song out called sound of the summer that we wrote uh summer of 2015 i believe that was literally just about us hanging out drinking on docks listening to music hanging out in our backyard with our friends um so we kind of we feel that's like a perfect song for summer we'll put that out in june that'll lead to an ep of five or six songs that haven't been out yet that you know it's not like we're going to put four of the six already be out but after that the debut album with all the songs that have been out so far minus the ep uh, is going to be called Shuffle. That'll be our debut album. Like we're really branding mm. the idea, and so the the album is essentially a playlist. The album, you know, if you put it on, it'll sound like your iPod on Shuffle. Okay, it's going to be about sixteen songs. It's going to be uh, like a very long, yeah, playlist of kind of all the music we love combined into one. Right. Well, what what you guys kind of have sort of experienced as a young band, do you see down the road and with, you know, Spotify and so many different, you know, places we li- we get our music these days, do you see, you know, full albums ever going away? I hope not. Yeah, I hope not either. I yeah. think it's a really, like, I think it's a really creative thing to, instead of just creating the songs, you get to create this whole world for them to exist in, the whole body for these, you know, heads of songs. Although it is interesting, like there's an artist, I forget his name, but he's he's putting out just a Spotify playlist and he's mm-hmm. just going to keep adding to it as he writes songs, I guess, throughout his life. I don't know how long. So right. his album like, extends over three years of music that he just kind of mm-hmm. uploads every so often to this playlist that he feels like they fit. So that's kind of like a, an interesting way of doing it. But I hope they don't like go away. Like with uh, We've never done a debut album yet. We've always done EPs or singles. Mm-hmm. So when we do the debut, we want to do it like with on vinyl and obviously physical copies because even though not a lot of people buy them we're still big fans of actually being able to hold something mm-hmm. um so we hope they continue on yes yeah, it's, it's like you've got one republic who at one point said they were just going to release singles and, and then they came out and and they were done with albums and then they just released oh we're working on our next album so i i don't know if if even the musicians have figured out exactly how they want to do it but but for us i think it makes the most sense to keep doing albums in this in this way of, of taking you on a roller coaster of not just emotion and story, but also genre. Right, right. Well, last question I have for you guys. Um, you, you, you mentioned, you know, great, great younger acts like uh, of, of the, the genius that is the Bieber. Uh, who, who are some of the greatest uh, to you guys? Uh, that's, a, that's, of course, a joke. Uh, who, are, who, are the, who are the greatest uh, Canadian acts uh, as far as you guys? have always followed and said, oh, yeah, I, I want a career like that, those guys. Well, right now, uh, we've, we've always said, like, a, a dream tour to get on would be Sean Mendes. I mean, that guy's killing mm-hmm. it. Um, and he's in the same age group. It'd be the same sure. kind of fan base. And, um, he's he's from the town that our father's from. Like, they, they share the same hometown, mm-hmm. Pickering, Ontario. So that that guy for us, uh, we've always said if we could do one, one collaboration, Drake would be probably top of the list. Um, Doing a song with Shania Twain would get uh, would get a big a big vote from our uncle Bob or uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if, if 
Nickelback ever jumped on a song or I don't know. I don't know about that one. But, uh, you know, there's, there, there is quite a bit of like great Canadian content coming out. Um, Alicia Carr just won breakthrough artist three yeah. years later, but, um, you know, she's from 45 minutes kind of North of us and, um, the weekend can sing like pretty much no other. And, you know, if you were able to get him on a song, that would be something great. So there's, there's definitely like a list small list but a list of, of some canadians that that we'd love to work with and i'd say yeah top of it would be mendez and the weekend and drake Nia twain of course do you guys get that a lot to the, the people say oh i didn't know they were canadian yeah or yeah or or they go or they go oh do you know he's canadian as if <laughs> right Canada's like seven people and they're like oh no don't don't actually know him. right yeah like oh do you know bob he's from canada it's like well canada's huge right right and i know like 30 bob right Right, exactly. Awesome. Well, where can we find uh, where can we find you know Beyond the Sun music and and your new single uh, Dance Floor and, and the new album will be coming out uh, later sometime this year? Yeah, so you can head over to our Spotify that's got all our music, um, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, Apple Music, um, and if you want the kind of hub for all that uh, is www.beyondthesunmusic.com. If anyone still uses websites, that's where uh, our band website is. Uh, but you can just find us anywhere, just at Beyond the Sun. I think what's so great about the Beyond the Sun story is that you don't have to fit a mold. You don't have to be like everybody else. You can be a mixture of all of these different sounds and still find an audience, still have a really successful career. I know for myself, I don't look like what you think a traditional financial planner looks like, right? I don't like to wear suits. I have funky short blonde hair. And I definitely don't talk like most other financial planners. In fact, I don't even call myself a financial planner, really. That's just what my expertise is. And so I think that's a really good message for all of us to think about that you could have a different variation of a career. Your career doesn't have to look like everybody else's. You can definitely go out there and break the mold, be your own version of yourself. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. You can check out Jeff on Instagram at The Traveling Game. And if you love this podcast, do me a favor, share it with your friends, shout it out on social media, and head on over to that link in the show notes to leave us a five-star review. Haven't been home since last July Porch lights on like it was every night I don't remember all of my goodbyes But I'll never forget the look in your eyes Oh